listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. I'm so glad you can join us again for another episode of Let the Bible Speak. A preacher once asked his congregation to turn to the clean pages of their Bibles. He was referring to the minor prophets, those books that actually constitute 25% of Old Testament prophecy, and yet they are much less well known than the five so-called major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, along with Lamentations, Ezekiel and Daniel. And so we're starting a new series of studies uh, on this broadcast. We're going to look at one of those minor prophets. It is the book of Haggai towards the end of the Old Testament. Let me today read to you the first five verses of this portion of God's inspired word. Haggai 1 verse 1 says, In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lay waste? Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Amen. May God bless his word. And let's bow together in a word of prayer as we come to study the scriptures. Eternal God and our Father, we look to you, O God, for your help today. We thank you for your word that, again, is a lamp unto our feet, is a light to our path. Grant us grace to understand the word. And may it be applied to all of our souls We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So why are the so-called minor prophets so neglected? Perhaps it's in part because of the difficulty in interpreting the language that is often figurative. Furthermore, it can be difficult to put ourselves into the historical context. When were they written? To whom were they written? Why were they written? Oftentimes our grasp of history is poor and thus we find these books difficult to interpret. This term, the Minor Prophet, it originated with Augustine of Hippo, referring to the last 12 books of our Old Testament. Augustine was not using the term to in some way imply that these books were of inferior importance or of inferior contribution. They were very fundamental to the work of God in redemptive history. They are as important as the major prophets, as they are just as inspired. But in today's broadcast, I want to just introduce our studies in Haggai by considering some preliminary matters. I want to look at six things that are important to keep in mind as we come to study this portion of the word of the Lord. First of all, I want to think about the past. That is, I I want to tell you and I'll let you know where this book sits in the history of God's people. When we think of the past and the people of God, we we can go back to the time of the Exodus. 
the people of God in the days of Joseph have ended up in Egypt. And then through Moses, they are brought out of Egypt. Then after Moses comes Joshua and the people of God are brought into the promised land. There's then the reign of the judges when people are doing that, which is right in their own eyes. And yet God in grace sends deliverer after deliverer. We then have the time of the kings. We have the first king Saul, the first king Saul, and then David and Solomon. And after Solomon, there is the reign of Rehoboam. And in his reign, the kingdom is divided into two parts. There is the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom, following these days, descends further and further into declension and apostasy until the Assyrian captivity. And there were prophets, the so-called minor prophets, who spoke to the northern kingdom prior to the exile. People like Hosea and Amos were uh, commissioned by the Lord to bring a word to the northern kingdom before the exile. The southern kingdom fares better than the northern kingdom. There is a mixture of good kings and bad kings. And yet there was still a movement into declension and apostasy. And we see that that kingdom falls into captivity to Babylon in around 586 BC. And there were prophets who spoke to the kingdom prior to the exile. Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, they are the pre-exilic prophets preaching to uh, the southern kingdom. The exile lasted 70 years and there was the return under the Persian king Cyrus, who had overthrown the Babylonians. And that return was under leadership, people like Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. And to this group, the Lord spoke through the prophets also. He spoke to this group through Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, or also perhaps Joel, who's hard to place in terms of his place in history. And so Haggai... Zechariah and Malachi are known as the post-exilic prophets. They are speaking to the people of God on their return from captivity. And understanding that history is very, very important. You see, when interpreting prophecy, we must seek to grasp what it must have meant to the initial hearers. Too many have sought to see what it means in the year 2021 without first taking the time to think about 400 or 500 B.C., We've got to get the historical setting right first and then the application will follow to your own day. Haggai spoke to those in his day and his message made sense to them. Their first thought was not to the end times or the second coming of Christ, although the words will often direct in that fashion. But first of all, these words applied to them personally and individually. And we will see this as we come to study the book of Haggai together. The second thing to note then is the prophet as its function. What is the role and the function of the prophet? Well, the prophet was one of the three anointed offices in the Old Testament, along with the priest and the king. And there are various terms used for the prophet in our Bibles. The prophet is referred to as a seer, S-E-E-R. It refers to one who would receive visions who saw things from the Lord and then was to communicate those visions. 
Over in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 9, there were those who would go to inquire of God, and they would say, Come and let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before times called a seer. It's one of the terms used for the prophet, one who would receive visions. They were also referred to as a man of God. Speaks to the fact that these were godly men. That's important to remember in our day, those who would bring us the word of God, they ought to be godly, they ought to be saved men, men who know the Lord, who've been saved from their sins and brought to communion with Christ Jesus. And so the prophets in those days, they were to be godly men, a man of God, commissioned by God. And the word prophet itself speaks more than likely to the concept that they were speaking. So these were godly men who received the word from God and then spoke what they heard. We sometimes think of the prophet as being one who would foretell the future, but in its original setting, it more than likely meant they were those who foretelled the word of God. They were those who delivered the word of God to mankind, communicating the mind of God. How important it is that we who share the word of God, we do not share the word as a word that comes from ourselves. But we are responsible in sharing those things that God has taught us. We are not those who receive visions and hear words now, but we are those who would communicate the word of God that is contained in the word of the scriptures. So the prophet was one as a man of God who received the word from God and then forth told that word to others. The third thing by way of preliminary information is to think about the purpose. Why did Haggai speak and why why were his words recorded? Well, this has much to teach our day. We'll see uh, towards the end of this message that there was a challenge in the work of God. And we read the statement in Haggai chapter 1 verse 2. This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. And to that comes the word of the Lord by Haggai saying, So the people say the time is not come, the Lord says the time is come. And so what we're seeing is that Haggai is writing and speaking to a people who are struggling in the work of God as their priorities are wrong and they become distracted by other things. And how easy that happens, and I believe it is more than likely happening to many in our churches at this time. There are reasons whereby they say it is not the time to be involved in the Lord's work. They are distracted by the world. They are put off by various problems. Well, this book, the book of Haggai, is all about putting God first. It's all about getting our priorities in order so that we continue to work in the work of the Lord. And so we've thought about the past and the prophet as its function and also the purpose of the book. And then fourthly, I want to think about the process of inspiration because these opening words of Haggai chapter 1, they, they remind us of what God does in bringing us his word. The text says, The word of the Lord... By Haggai the prophet, the word came by or through the prophet. This is how the Lord speaks. At times we have recorded in the Old Testament, times when God spoke by direct speech. He spoke to Moses. But more usually, God speaks to us as he speaks through a man 
And as he speaks to that man, that man then commits those words to written form. The word of God delivered through one of God's servants. And yet it's still the very word of God. We know from Second Timothy chapter 3 that every scripture is given by inspiration or breathed out of God. God is the one who breathes out his word. Man receive that breath. They write the words of God down, the oracles of God. And thus we have the scriptures. This is the process of inspiration. Peter confirms that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 21, where he speaks of the prophets as men who were moved or borne along by the Holy Ghost. And so whenever the Bible refers to scripture, it can refer to scripture as if it is God speaking. And when the scripture speaks, God speaks. And when God speaks, the scripture speaks. They are they're used interchangeably in that regard. You have an instance of that in Romans chapter 9 and the verse number 17. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose that I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Those are the words of God in the context. But when Paul records them, he says, the scripture says. And so the scripture is the communication of God. The word scripture speaks of a written document. The writings, but the writings are the very words of the Lord. And thus Haggai, as he opens up his prophecy, in the record of that prophecy, he is claiming to speak the inspired word of God. It is the word of God that came. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. It is interesting that the New Testament scriptures themselves actually quote Haggai as the, the word of God in Hebrews chapter 12 and the verse number 26 where there is the record of a text from Haggai chapter 2. And so it is important that as we continue in this broadcast to let the Bible speak, it is important to remind you all and for me to remind myself that what we are doing here is communicating the inspired word of God. That God has given us his word for a purpose, on purpose. He has given us his word for our good. God is graciously speaking directly to our souls. He hears a group of people. They've been in captivity. They've now returned and God has not left them without a witness. They need instruction. They need direction. Uh, they can easily be distracted and they've forgotten what they're about in the things of God. Oh, the Bible belongs to the people of God. The Bible is a book that is revealed to us for our benefit. God has given us his word. It is for our good. It is for our benefit. It is for our profit. There's a hymn in our hymnal that speaks uh, to this very matter and reminds us and encourages us of the, the goodness of God in giving us his word. It says this, Holy Bible, book divine, precious treasure, thou art mine. Mine to tell me whence I came. Mine to teach me what I am. Mine to chide me when I rove. Mine to show a saviour's love. Mine thou art to guide and guard. Mine to punish or reward. Mine to comfort in distress. Suffering in this wilderness. Mine to show by living faith. Man can triumph over death. There's the believer's experience and their testimony. The word of God is mine. It belongs to me. It's being 
given to me by the Lord and it's been given to me to reprove me, to comfort me, to show me who I am and to show me my Saviour. Oh, dear child of God today, I encourage you, treasure your Bible and trust what the Bible says. Take it as the very word that comes from God himself. And dear unsaved soul, I encourage you, see the book, the Bible, not as a book written by men, but a book that ultimately is the very word of God to your soul. Now may God enable you to renew your resolve today to be in the word of God, to study the word and to see and to hear what God would say to your hearts today. So that is something about the process of inspiration. What about Haggai then, the person in the fifth place? What about this man, Haggai? We we know he's a prophet. We've thought about that already. But who is he? Who is Haggai? Well, actually, we know very little about him. He is a person, humanly speaking, of insignificance. We know more about the prophets either side of Haggai in the word of God. We know that Zechariah is the son of Berechiah, the son of Ido, the prophet. We know some things regarding Zephaniah. He's the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah. We know some things about these men. We know something about their lineage and their heritage. For Haggai, all we have is the record, the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. Some in the Jewish tradition thought that Haggai was a young priest. Others suggest he was an older man who had seen the glories of Solomon's temple that he refers to in chapter 2 and the verse number 3 that saw this house in her first glory. What's more, when you read Haggai carefully, you'll see that his public ministry was short, at least in terms of that which is recorded for our benefit In chapter 1, verse 1, there's a reference to the second year of Darius. And it's the sixth month, and it's the first day of the month. Then in chapter 2, verse 1, it's the seventh month. It's the 21st day of the seventh month. And so we're still within this first two-month period. And then in chapter 2, verse number 10, we go to the ninth month, the four and twentieth day. And indeed, there are two words that come from God on that day. There's also the Reference in verse number 20 of chapter 2 to the 4th and 20th day of the month. And so you've referenced to the 6th month, to the 7th month, and to the ninth month in the 2nd year of the reign of Darius. A, a very short time, at least in terms of recorded public ministry. And yet a vital ministry in the process of redemption. And what a reminder and what an encouragement this is to us. That God is able to use people of seeming insignificance for the honour and glory of his name. We're going to see that Haggai has an important role in redemptive history. And yet he comes without any known pedigree, any known prestige. He describes himself in the words of verse number 13 of the first chapter. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message. That's such a humble description. And dear people, let me encourage you. We're living in difficult days. And the word of God is rare in our day. Please pray. Pray for God to raise up men who are humble and who are faithful to be the Lord's messengers. Pray for such that irrespective of their family background or their tradition, they will be faithful to the Lord. That they are not the mighty, not the honourable, but they are those who humbly come and speak a word from God. Oh, in the United States, it's 
It's often thought that to, to get anywhere you had to come from a good family. Might be the case also in the United Kingdom you had to get a good education. But God is pleased to use all sorts of people for the glory of his name. And we ought to pray to the Lord, the Lord of the harvest, to give us to give us those servants that will honour him. The Lord of the harvest, he, he knows the harvest field and he knows the labourers. And we want, we desire that God would send us men and missionaries called and chosen of God. And that's something regarding the, the person of Haggai. Which leads in the last place to the power of God's word. We're just looking at some of these these fundamental things when it comes to to study the book of Haggai. And the announcement of the book in verse number 1 emphasizes the work of God in history. It's the second year of Darius and the word of the Lord comes by Haggai. History is in view. There's a real king here. His name is Darius and into history steps God. Now, of course, we know that all of human history continues under the superintendence of God. But at times, it is as if God steps in and all things change. If you have the time, at some point you could go and look at Ezra chapter 4 and Ezra chapter 5. And in Ezra chapter 4, we read the, the account that simply says, Then cease the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. Oh, they were back from captivity they were in the promised land they were rebuilding the temple of God that was their duty their responsibility but the work of God ceased in fact we're told very plainly so it ceased unto the second year of the reign of Darius king of Persia now you're a student of the word of God and you hear about the second year of Darius and you will think to yourself ah that was when Haggai spoke and indeed we're told that chapter 5 of Ezra then the prophets Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua the son of Josedek, and began to build the house of God which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. The work of God has ceased. It's come to a standstill. There are discouragements and there are troubles and there are distractions that are set in. And what changes things is the preaching of the word of God. It is the bringing of God's word to the situation that turns all things around. Now we will add detail to this in the coming weeks as we look at what God has said to the people through Haggai. And we're going to think about that. But for today, as we close this broadcast... Please, let me remind you, it is the power of the word of God that can turn things around. You think of the Protestant Reformation. All is dark. All is lost. There is declension. There is apostasy. People are being taken to a lost eternity through false religion. And it is the word of God being studied and preached that turns all things around. Today, we have such a tendency within our souls to look to man, to look to personalities, to, to look to political change or social renewal. No, we need to get the word of God to the people. We believe it is the word of God that brings about change. It is the word of God that can encourage and invigorate the people of God to press on. God has been pleased to speak to his church. We have the encouragement that though times may be difficult, yet we have the blessing of Christ He sits upon the throne. The word of God tells us that. Christ reigns. The word of God tells us that Christ is going to build his church. The word of God tells us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so in days 
when it seems that the church is under pressure, when it seems that souls are, are being swept away into a lost eternity, we must remind ourselves that unbelief is countered by the word of God and ungodliness is addressed by the word of God being brought to people. So let me encourage you. Pray for God to send out his word. Pray for God to enable his servants to labor in power to bring the word of God with conviction to the hearts of men. Pray, pray for those in leadership that they would be submissive to the word of God. Pray for our children that they would hear the word of God and trust the word of God. Pray, pray for the word of God to have free course and be glorified. Pray that God would use his word in people's hearts. Pray that the word of God would reign in our nation. Pray that the word of God would rule in our churches. Pray that we would be a people of the book. It is the word of God that brings about change. And please, I encourage you, be faithful. Be faithful in the word. Be faithful in praying for the word. And be faithful in sharing the word of God with your family, with your friends, with your neighbours. And with all, with all you meet day by day, may the word of God run. May it have free course and be glorified in our days. And so we've just began to, uh, really just to set the scene for this book called Haggai. And may, may God help us in the coming weeks to study it carefully and to benefit as we consider the inspired word of God. Let's close today's broadcast with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Let's pray together. For God to bless the nation with his word. Eternal God, our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that has been given to us. And we pray that as we live in days when the word of God is being cast behind people's back, we pray that you would cause people to hear the word and cause them to believe the word and cause them to be saved and to walk according to the word. Oh Lord, we pray for churches. We pray for those who have the responsibility to labour in the word. We pray, O God, that they would do so with power, with the unction that comes from above. We pray, O God, that in your mercy, O Lord, revive, revive the people of God and bring revival to this nation, that many souls would confess their sins, that they would see that Jesus Christ is mighty to save and he's the only saviour of sinners. O Lord, glorify your name in our midst today and bless our waiting hearts we wait upon thee. Hear, hear us, O Lord, today and answer our prayers for Christ's precious name and for his glory alone. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.